Welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville as we uh, we review the Alabama game and then look forward to the Florida game on Saturday in the swamp at noon. Um, you know, looking through the, the college football playoff rankings, Kentucky ha- has four losses to teams that are in the top 25, uh, and the one on the outside is Missouri. So, um, you know, with Georgia at nine, Alabama at one, Florida at six, that's three uh, three teams that Kentucky will face in the top ten. So, uh, pretty, pretty tough schedule. Yeah, pretty <laughs> tough schedule there, Nick Rouse. Yeah, I didn't realize this until Mark Stoops pointed out on Monday, but nine of the 14 teams in the SEC have three wins or less. So, yeah, league's been, uh, been pretty good at beating up on each other this year. Yeah, there's one coach in the conference that wants to play uh, uh, additional SEC games, and that's uh, Nick Saban. So, uh, you know, when you have all those flashy toys that he has that he likes to take out on Saturdays and show off, then then you can ask for more SEC games. But uh, the uh, the mortals of the conference uh, are happy with just eight. So, uh, Freddie, I don't know if you're a I- – I feel like you're not a big Avengers guy. The movies are pretty solid. I'm not a big one, but I've seen them all. And I, I feel like Nick Saban's like Thanos. And he's like, sure, I'll happily fight even more Avengers because I can beat them all. It's like, dude, nobody wants to to fight more superheroes. Like, it's okay. We're good with eight. Yeah, I could, I could see your world with nine just because of the way things are trending with yeah, just money, all, you know, all that good stuff, Freddie. But ten is just a fool's errand. Like, come on, yeah, we're we're, we're learning. I we knew going into this schedule it'd be hard, uh, but I don't think it's one thing to say it; it's another thing to do it. Yeah, and, and you know, we've touched on it several times. This has been just a, a very emotionally draining year for Kentucky for many reasons, with Chris Oates, with John Schlorman. Uh, it's been tough, man. It's been very, very tough on these players and. You know, I think they could have been drained a little bit after the Alabama game, but they got to refresh. You know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take a, just a quick look back. Uh, we've all talked about, you know, in various podcasts, and we've written about the first quarter at Alabama and, and how Kentucky was uh, outgained the tide, 121 to 79 yards. And then you look on the ground, which is even more crazy. Kentucky had 44 yards to Alabama's five. You know, when you hold the number one ranked team in the country to 0.8 yards, per carry in the first quarter, that's pretty good. Um, Kentucky had eight first downs compared to Alabama's one, and then troubles in the red zone. Kentucky has struggled mightily finishing drives in the the end zone. And, and, you know, now the numbers are starting to get pretty bad. Uh, The Cats have scored 11 touchdowns out of 21 trips inside the 20. And uh, that's, that's been troubling this entire year. And, uh, you know, compared to the opponents, the defense has given up 23 touchdowns out of 33 red zone trips. So, you know, uh, it's, it is what it is. Kentucky's not finishing drives in the, in the end zone. Um, and, and once they uh, came out with three points with three trips, well, two, two red, ro- red zone trips and one trip just outside, uh, with just just three points, then, then Alabama opened the floodgates with the pick six and it was on after that. Freddie, I know that you're a wizard when it comes to knowing the numbers 
and the analyze just breaking down the game. But sometimes it takes a fool to figure out the the heart of the problem and, and finding a solution to the problem. And I think I found Kentucky's red zone solution. All righty. Mitch Barnhart and the Kentucky Wildcats hate the color red. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubting it. The red it's you're, you're like a bull. When you see red, you hate it. It's almost as bad as orange, not quite as bad as that Tennessee orange. It's awful, but red is the worst color ever. And I think the team is just associating that ugly red color with the red zone and they're struggling there. So I petition that college football changes the name of the red zone to the blue zone. Ah, if we I'm can in. do that. Kentucky can have a little bit of success down there. And even if not all college football changes it, just, ch- just Eddie Grant, start calling it the blue zone because blue success, Kentucky, it's all word association. It's a mental game and we're going to get in their heads and we're going to correct the code of this problem, Freddie. I'm in, I'm in Nicholas. I will now refer to the R E D zone to the B L U E zone. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm all blue zone. So there you go. I'm, I'm all in. And uh, when other teams are marching down the field, when they, they enter the blue zone, they're going to be singing the blues after Kentucky puts the clamps on them. How about that? I like it. I like the fact also that Kelvin Joseph now leads the SEC and is second in the country with four interceptions, Nick Roush. I think that's a, uh, you know, he started off a little rough and then uh, he's backed up what he talked about in the preseason and during the season. And he's having a fantastic Man, year. He's good. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's very, very good. And I like that about, I like his game. I like how he, uh, he's confident and he backs it up. I thought AJ Rose played his best game as a Kentucky Wildcat at Alabama, averaging 6.8 yards per carry. Uh, you know, he, he didn't hit 100 marks, which he's done before, but I, I think uh, I think the way he ran behind his pads and played physical, I, I thought he played his best game as a Wildcat against Alabama. Yeah, and, you know, I know a lot of people focus on what he said after the game, but Eddie Grant said Tuesday night, like, you know, AJ's just reiterating what I told the team in the locker room. You know, I've got to be a better yeah. play caller. Y'all keep grinding, keep working, keep executing, and I'll put y'all in a better position to succeed. So, uh, I, it, some might see, consider it coach speak, but I never I never thought that AJ was trying to, like, throw his coach under the no, bus or anything I, like that. I, I, I did not either, Nick. I didn't see any malice in his words. I didn't see any – uh, any negativity in his words uh, uh, towards his coach. I thought it was an all hands on deck offensive failure in a red zone, mm-hmm. which has been common this year. And, and it's got to start frustrating. Yeah. Blue zone. Uh, the, yeah. The blue zone. It's got to start frustrating the guys. And, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it did. You know, we've seen a little change up in the depth chart. JJ Weaver now starting uh, at outside linebacker and he's earned that he's, he's mm-hmm. played extremely well. Uh, you know, he is, he is a retro freshman and he, and he makes a few errors like all, oh, new new newcomers to the southeastern conference uh happen to to do every now and then but man he's playing very good i think his future is extremely bright and, and i like the way he's playing i, I love his aggressiveness mm-hmm. and uh, and his motor i mean he has a high motor and that's rare for for a, t- a talented player you know you come in four or five star player out of high school and to have that kind of motor that, that's impressive for jj weaver and they did a lot of reshuffling on the, the defensive line, not with the starters, but with the twos. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the twos. Clay Mahone was freshman. in there. I hadn't seen Clay yeah, Mahone Clay, in there before. Clay Mahone, uh, Oxendine, uh, mm-hmm. you got those guys in, in the two deep now. 
you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, Stoops and, and Brad White, you know, demoted Cordell Looney mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Isaiah Gibson from those spots and, and, uh, that, that a competition brings out the best in all of them. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fight to compete to keep your playing time on the field. Well, and I think it goes back to to how, how much effort in, do you give whenever uh, it, it is a lost cause? Are you still playing hard? And I think they saw those other guys still playing hard when when things were were tough. That's like when it's the most difficult time to play hard. Um, but but good for Mahone and good for Oxendine, which Freddie. I thought he was like he he could play nose, and they've got him playing defensive end. Holy crap! If he can yeah. play that spot at that size, whew. Yeah, and one thing about that defensive line, they're extremely well coached. I think Amwar Stewart does a great job not only of motivating those guys, but but developing his defensive linemen. Um, yeah, I, I think he does a, a tremendous job there, and uh, we'll see how that works out. The passing game continued to struggle at Alabama. Terry Wilson was 10 of 19 for 120 yards, did have the pick six, but the first half he was good. Uh, you know, we saw we saw a good version of Terry against a very, very good, but, but, but again, not, not great Alabama defense, but he, he played extremely well. There, there are certainly first rounders on that defense with Dylan Moses and Patrick Satan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but I thought Terry played well, then had the pick six and then Bo and, and Joey came in and went uh, 0 for six uh, collectively. But I mean, that's a tough, but that's a tough, stop. but Mark, Mark Stoops did point out that one of Bo's incompletions uh, was on the receiver that didn't come out of his route uh, crisply, crisply, crisply enough, and it was a good throw by Bo. Crisply, crisply, crisp, whatever you know what I'm saying. It, it sounds like some like a way that you would use to describe like a Thanksgiving side, like yeah. oh, you'll never had uh, apple cider feel as crisply as Roush's cider. You know, what that sounds like briskly. Crisp. I don't think there's just L Y in there. I think it's just okay, crisp. Yeah. It you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, yeah. Freddie, there was there was one guy who got some good reps in there that Stoops is a big fan of in this this true freshman class, and that's Carrington Valentine. Yeah. And he got matched up on a couple plays with Devontae Smith. Didn't get like torched or anything like that. And I'm just curious. It's different for a quarterback because you're not you know, going one-on-one some, with somebody. Now, you might be getting rocked by one of those guys, but when you first got some some big reps in there, were there any kind of like, oh, God, this guy is who I've got to throw it against? This is who i got to get into a tight window, or I've got to take a hit from this guy? Yeah, there, there were a couple. I mean, uh, Lewis Oliver at Florida was just a safety that played for the Dolphins that was about 6'4", 230, and just decapitate people back there. Uh, Keith McCants was the first, I think he was the first overall pick was a linebacker at Alabama, uh, <laughs> that, that introduced me to the, to Tuscaloosa pretty, uh, pretty mm-hmm. well. So yeah, there, there were some guys that, uh, you didn't really want to test and, and you knew, you know, that you've you know seen that, a team you... with these Florida and Alabama teams. It's weird how they just keep getting all these great players. How do they do it? <laughs> I don't know. They just do. <laughs> it's, it's, it is weird, but yeah, there, <clears throat> there's some guys that, that I went against that were just, you know just great players and, and competed and you know that, that's why they were high draft picks and mm-hmm. and Kentucky's going to go against a team on Saturday with a lot of future high draft picks including 
may be the front runner for the Heisman Trophy and Kyle and quarterback Kyle Trask. I mean, he's he's been dynamic. He's been explosive, completing seventy plus percent of his passes for two thousand five hundred and fifty four yards, thirty one touchdowns compared to three interceptions, and he's thrown oh. for three hundred sixty six yards a game. Um, thirty one touchdowns SEC. and only three interceptions. I mean, that's yeah. just yeah, <laughs> that's, that's All, a crazy ratio. All that equals the, he's the top quarterback in the SEC, statistically second in the nation, and uh, I mean he's just been tremendous and throws a much like Mac Jones throws a great vertical uh, pass, uh, good touch, arm strength. Um, he's really coming to his own, and um, I mean he's leading this Florida offense that averages forty five points a game, uh, three hundred and seventy seven yards passing per game, five twenty two total. Um, you know, to, to compare the Florida pass game against Kentucky, Florida's averaging 10.2 yards per attempt, uh, compared to Kentucky's 5.5 yards per attempt. So every time Florida throws the football, there's five additional yards on, 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 on a completion or just an attempt. So that, that's a pretty significant jump. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. I really think that if, like right now, I think Trask is probably the leader. I think a lot of it's going to come down to that SEC championship game, yeah. especially because they're giving out the the trophy later than normal this year. Yeah. Um, but if Florida somehow beats Alabama in that championship game, it's going to be hard to, to not give it to Kyle Trask. Um, you know, right now, I don't know who I'd take if I had to pick the winner of that game. To be quite honest with you, I, I don't know. I think it's a toss-up right now, because um, especially with the way Florida plays defense, like they 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 create haymakers. So if you yeah. just land a couple of them with those blitzes uh, yeah. against Bama, I mean Mac Jones isn't exactly dynamic with his legs moving around the pocket. So if you land a couple of those, um, and and you don't make silly turnovers, which Kyle Trask doesn't do, I think Florida could could beat him. Um, well, you you lead me into a good point there, Nick. Uh, something that concerns me about the Florida defense, who's uh, who is the leader in the SEC's havoc stats category, twenty one quarterback sacks uh, and forty six tackles for loss. So there's a lot of activity beyond the line of scrimmage, and that worries me because Kentucky's offense is, is one that has to stay on schedule, has to have success on first and second down uh, and not third down because, you know, look just look at the numbers. I mean, to break it down, if Kentucky is third and eight or plus, right, they're averaging – Kentucky's averaging 5.5 yards per pass attempt. So the numbers tell you that if, if it's third and eight plus, Kentucky's forced to throw the football, they're not going to get a first down. Uh, so, you know, that that's tough that, that the Gators are, are, you know, 46 tackles for loss, 21 quarterback sacks. You know, comparatively, Kentucky has nine quarterback sacks. So that just goes to show you. And another number that Florida leads the, uh, the SEC and probably the country in is it's 34 out of 35 in the red – in the blue zone. 20, 27 touchdowns out of 35 attempts Man, in the blue zone. That's 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 wild. getting it done. I mean, that's yeah. what you got to do. You know, every week we look at these statistics and the blue zone numbers really are telling on, on who's going to win the game, both offensively and defensively. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that is a – you know, I, I know everybody likes from 30 to 30 all the yards and passes and 
and, and explosive plays and this, that, and the other, but it's who gets it done in the blue zone is who normally wins the football game. Look at Missouri. Look at Alabama, seven for seven in the blue zone last weekend. Uh, that, that, mm-hmm. that, tells, that tells the tale, you know. And then, and then the pass catchers, Man. Florida, are dynamic. Kadarius Tony will line up in the backfield. They'll use him in jet sweeps. They'll use him everywhere in the world. 42 catches, seven touchdowns, 12 yards of catch, and then – the best tight end in college football that I've seen in a very long time is coming back for the Kentucky game after yeah, two missed, yeah. after missing two games, and that would be Mr. Kyle Pitts. So my question for you, Freddie, about Kyle Pitts, because yeah. I'm trying to think of just receivers in general in my lifetime, which like I, you know, as far as like knowing the entire landscape of college football, it's probably around the Tebowish era. Yeah. Um, you know, like I knew kind of some of the big names. I remember Calvin Johnson at Georgia Tech, but you know, it, it was, I'm trying to think of guys who could just go up and get the ball as well as he can. And I remember when USC was steamrolling, they had Mike Williams, who was really good, but he didn't have the. I think a lot of the reason why he was good is because they had to sell out to like try to stop Reggie Bush. Um, and then uh, another guy who's really uh crabtree just did about everything for that air raid back with mike leach um in yeah. 08 or something but i'm i'm really struggling to find any sort of comparable athlete to kyle pitts that college football has seen i know you know this much better than i can you think of any i'm gonna go nfl here and college i think uh kyle pitts is a combination of gronk and 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 randy moss that that's how i see it i mean he can go up and get it in the red zone or blue zone, as far as 50, 50 balls, like Randy Moss, mm-hmm. uh, and he's humongous. He's six, six, you know, two forty something, another, and he can fly well too. Like and can fly. Yeah. Big, I don't know what his 40 time big. is. Yeah. I don't know what his 40 time is, Nick, but I would, I would estimate four or five ish at that size. You know, Randy Moss is, is the Randy Moss. He's six, four, six, five. 200 something pounds and ran a four, two something. So there's, there's not been a Randy Moss since. Right. Randy Moss, right. But, but a combination of size, speed, hands, all that. I mean, I, I see a combination of or Gronk maybe cause he, he's bigger, maybe Kelsey and, and right there, Andy Moss. I, I don't know. Kelsey he's, isn't a bad one yeah. just because he's used so much all over the field, but man, it, I mean, he is that different that like, if he didn't have those two games out, I would be lobbying more for him in the Heisman. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than Trask. Cause that's the thing that him and Mac Jones both had the benefit of. They got some receivers to throw to. Uh, and there was that one point at the beginning of the year, Freddie, where I think Pitts had seven touchdowns through seven quarters of football. Right. Something yeah. ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, he's going to have stats for like a 12 game season in only eight games. Yeah. You know, and if, if you somehow, uh, scheme up the defense to to slow down Pitts and Tony, then you got to deal with Trevon Grimes, you know, averaging 16 yards a catch and six touchdowns. So uh, there's yeah. so many weapons on that Florida offense. But, but you know, I agree with Coach Stoops. You know, Dan Mullen, I mean, we see the passing yards all over the place, but he still wants to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And Damian Pierce is averaging five yards a carry. Uh, three touchdowns, 345 yards. So he'll still run the football. But here, here's a concern I have. The red zone numbers, 
Blue zone numbers, yeah. The blue zone numbers, mm-hmm. the havoc stats for the Florida defense, and also the Gators are right now sixth in the college football playoff. And Trask is in the lead right now. If, if he had to have a leader for the Heisman, those two, all that factors in is Florida's going to throw haymakers for four quarters. Yeah, they're going to try I mean, to run it up. Yeah, they're going. They're Florida will try to score as many points as they can, get Trask as much numbers as they can, in order to impress the playoff committee as well as the Heisman Trophy voters, especially on a noon game. Everybody can see it across mm-hmm. the country. So ESPN, uh, yeah, yeah. So the, you know, Kentucky's going to have to be ready for Florida's best shot. Uh, even though the Gators are what an eighteen point favorite, uh, the, they're they're yeah. going to be dialed in, you know. And, and, and also they didn't, the revenge they didn't play their best too against, against Vanderbilt. Yeah. And then the revenge factor for the last time Kentucky went down there and beat them, uh, you know. So er, there's a lot going on there for the Gators as far as the game. Defensively, Ventrell Miller's the All SEC linebacker, fifty five tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and then uh, uh, you know you have Cox on the edge there. Uh, uh, 28 tackles, five and a half tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hur- hurries, and Zachary Carter, uh, five tackles for loss, 11 quarterback hurries. I mean, they're just havoc players all over the place for that Florida defense. Um, so, Cats got their hands full on Saturday against mm-hmm. the number one pass offense in the nation, against the number one quarterback in the nation in long passing plays florida has 114 completions of 10 plus yards <laughs> compare compare that to uk's 38 so yeah and i think they've got seven touchdowns this year 40 yards or more yeah like, that's just crazy yeah it's crazy so um it's a tough matchup for kentucky it really is mm-hmm. uh, back to back uh Top offenses Man. in the nation, back-to-back Heisman Trophy candidate quarterbacks. Uh, so Especially tough this Cats. time of the year, too, Freddie, because Florida, they didn't. I mean, they didn't lose, but they they came out the gates pretty slow. Um, their defense was really not tackling well in those early weeks, and they were just outscoring teams. Um, but I just this would have been a time where you try to catch them early before they really yeah. get rolling, and uh, the schedule shift did not help them in that regard. Right. And Dan Mullen is just a great play caller. Kind of a goober, though. He, he, you know, and, and look at it. You look at this, Nick, is, is a big picture. The play callers that Kentucky's had to go against. Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama. Uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And now Dan Mullen at, uh, at, at Florida. I mean, those are pretty daggone good play callers and uh, <laughs> with talented players at, at their disposal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just goes to show that, that the SEC is turning into an offensive league. Freddie, this is a uh, kind of a out of left field question, but I'm curious your thoughts. Tuesday night, Satterfield got floated out as having an interview. And, you know, of course, the AD and him both said, Oh, I'm just focused on the team. I want to be here, blah, blah, blah. But pretty bold move to to have the name floated out like there that. Um what are, just what are your thoughts on it? You know, I missed all that. I, I you know, I'm 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 busy, really busy. And at certain times and, and I, you know, wasn't on my phone. I didn't see all the Twitter stuff going on. And I caught up with it late last night. Um uh, so yeah, I mean that that's strange. It's strange on a couple reasons. I mean, 
how could South Carolina sell a three and six coach to their fan base? One, right. two, uh, I think the U of L administration, uh, has done everything within its power to for coach Satterfield at Louisville. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's just strange that, that he would even contemplate that. And, and, and I think he came out and said he wasn't interested. Uh, after, I guess that's after the fact. Yeah, yeah. And I still think it's one of those things where his agent, you know, it's it's one of those kind of leverage plays, but it's like, yeah. are you really trying to leverage that right now? I mean, right. Right. So yeah, it it was strange on many levels. It was it was it was strange on the South Carolina's interest in Satterfield, and it was strange in Satterfield's interest in South Carolina. If that because let, let's be honest with you, we just we just mentioned Kentucky's four of Kentucky's five losses are against top twenty five teams in the playoff uh, committee. Play three teams in the top ten, you're not getting that in the ACC. You got Clemson and and a bunch of dudes. So. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so if you go to South Carolina, you got to deal with the SEC, who and whose permanent uh, uh, West opponent is Texas A and M, and then your rivals and Clemson, then, and then your rivals Clemson. <laughs> I mean that that, that is that I job's mean, a tough sell. That's a tough sell for anybody. Yeah. So I I I, it, I didn't get it. And, and did did Tutu Atwell opt out? Did I hear that too? He hasn't yet, but I okay. think he's he's uh, he's at least probably going to be gone after this year. So okay, um, I, I think I read that wrong. I thought that, that Hawkins that they, opted out, but okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it was just a strange deal, man. I mean, I like Satterfield. I you know they're having a tough year this year, uh, you know. But you know, let, let's let's be quite honest. Look at that schedule that they're playing, and look at what Kentucky's playing. It's apples and oranges, man. Yeah, and and you're going to get that every year plus Clemson. I, I <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> That's why that job, Freddie. I just don't know who's going to. I what I they're they're in for a treat because I don't even know like how you sell that without paying whoever you want to pay an arm and a leg. And I don't know if you have to. Anybody. I mean, it's just it's tough, man. It's a real tough you're, job. You're going to have to because I mean, again, I mean you. Okay, every year you're going to get Florida and Georgia, guaranteed. And every year you're going to get Texas A&M, guaranteed. Every year you're going to get Clemson, guaranteed. You're 0-4 before you start the season. You know? Yeah. And eventually Tennessee's going to figure it out. And, oh, by the way, you've beaten Kentucky one out of five times. So, good luck with whoever <laughs> they get. Yeah. it's Good Good luck, Bob Caslin. Yeah. Good. Good freaking luck. Uh, yeah. We got some rivalry games this weekend, Nick Rouse. We do. And I'm disappointed we don't get a Thursday night Thanksgiving Egg Bowl because yeah, last year, man, last year was a classic. Just it, it was all of the equally parts dumb and great. You had the dog pee and then the, all the coaches getting fired. I mean, it was it was a beautiful sight to behold. Um, yeah. But that's got to wait till Saturday, Freddie. Which rival? Which is football game in general? Are you most looking forward to? With the exception being Kentucky and Florida, let's take that out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see Alabama. Oh, I want to see the Iron Bowl. Is is the game I'm looking forward to? Uh, I want to see. I want to see Mac Jones and those receivers. Uh, you know, I, they're pretty daggone good, man. I. I I just like watching them play, mm-hmm. and that is a 365 day of the year hatred battle. 
game that that divides families that 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 influences hires and fires in the, in the corporate world uh you know i've lived in alabama and uh man it's it, that's just I, I think it's the best rivalry in, in college sports well and the thing that's great about it is that even though alabama is alabama this year i mean auburn <laughs> you know i mean anything can happen in this game so i would auburn not beat them last year Right, right. So I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn does something. I know there's definitely a revenge factor with Saban, but uh, you know, you create a few turnovers that that could be a ball game. So I, I, I'm I'm excited for that Iron Bowl. I know we don't have the full slate of rivalry games. I'm really pumped for another rivalry: Steelers versus Ravens Thursday night. Yeah. Kind of bummed that the Ravens got an excuse because Dobbins and Ingram are going to be out with COVID stuff. Uh, and the Ravens are kind of reeling, but you know, it's one of those things that like, Oh, these teams beat the crap out of each other and you get a little yeah. Thanksgiving night juju. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the, the Ravens got back on track and, and give the Steelers their first loss of the season. I hope I mean, I'm a lifelong Steelers fan, man. Uh, you know, dude, old dudes, my age, you had two choices. You were either a Steelers fan or a Cowboys fan. And, uh, you know, I made the right choice with the right, uh, with the right. Pittsburgh. So I, I, let me let me let me rephrase it. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> I can my I can remember going to uh, my my dad went to a friend of his house and a bunch of us got together, and he gave me an early Christmas present, which was a Pittsburgh Steelers jacket that he ordered from the Sears catalog, oh. and told and told me that I was a Steelers fan. And I you know that from that point on it was it was. It was I was all Steelers. I had no choice in who who, who my favorite team was, but uh, it was the right choice. Well, and also you're an Army guy. You can't be a Navy Roger Staubach guy. No, you got to be Army Rocky Blyer guy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and the cat. The one thing that I do like that the Cowboys do on Thanksgiving, they always wear the blues on Thanksgiving, and I just yeah. don't know why they don't wear them all the time. The blue uniforms are infinitely better than the white ones. Yet they always wear the white ones. I, I just I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I I love the Steelers. I love TJ Watt is just he and Bud Dupree there are great pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Minka Fitzpatrick fan, a big Ben. He had a nice pick uh, last week. Chase Claypool, man, is is playing really good. How did Plus that ben, guy fall to where he did? I mean, I, the, I don't know. the thing about the Steelers with uh, at least under Tom one, they're so good at just getting a, a receiver in like the third to fifth round and turning him into a star. Well, that organization just in period is is great, uh, you know, from from ownership to how they draft, uh, how they hire. I mean, it, they're just they're just great. I mean, at everything they've had what they three do. coaches in sixty years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Browns Tomlin, have had three in three years. You know, the Bengals. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I love Mike Tomlin, man. He's he's awesome. Uh, great coach and you know, just a great organization to be a fan of. I got kind of the. It was Bud's pro day. I was kind of starstruck when Tomlin was there, and so was Joey Porter, who yep. was the linebackers coach at the time. And Joey Porter was still a scary SOB, you know, even a couple of years removed from being in the league. Him and yep. uh, James Harrison. God, I would yeah. – man, James Harrison, yeah. that guy, is, he's still frightening. The, the stuff he does, he like – I know that like the pulling and pushing cars thing is overrated. He he was like playing volleyball with a thirty pound medicine ball in the sand, just like running uh, all over the place. He is a freak. 
Yeah, I did the show that day, and I had I actually sat at the same table as Tomlin and, and Porter having breakfast. Uh, of course, it was a big table, and but just like you know, we were <laughs> chatting as buddies or anything, and I didn't say anything to it. But I was about to say, did you was, did you chat them up at all though? Like, I, I, no, I was too nervous, man. I, I was tore up. I mean, because well, it's a mess. like, I, how do you even like? What's your conversation starter like? I got you nothing. Know. I mean, you know, I had, <laughs> what am I going to tell them? I got, I got for, for five years in a row, I got Steelers pajamas and the Steelers uh, trash can for, for Christmas every year and the Steelers <laughs> watch and, you know, Steelers everything. Oh man. It's like, uh, so, uh, hey, how about that weather? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Jack Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the Iron Bowl. I I want to see that one, and uh, and and the Egg Bowl. You know, we'll see what goes on there because Mississippi State played its best game against Georgia like this last yeah. week, and they're down Ole in Miss numbers. But Miss. You know, they're going to bring their their best stuff because it is the Egg Bowl. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'm curious see if what Lane, happens there if Lane and Leach too, because remember in the summer when Lane kind of messed with Leach's face mask whenever they were at the Capitol. Or whatever. Yeah, I'm wondering. Like both of them are liable to do something to to really jab the other fan base. So I'm I'm hoping yeah. we get that sort of stuff. So yeah, you know, you know, they're they're texting or calling each other this week, saying, "Hey, what can we do to get this thing, get this thing, See, you know, fired I love, up?" I love that, Freddie, because it reminds back in uh, there's a picture from like 1986 or something like that. Maybe even it, actually it's probably before that. Cause I think Schnellenberger was gone by then, but Schnellenberger and Bobby Bowden did a boxing match like the week <laughs> of the Miami Florida state game. And you know, it was all for show and whatever, but like, I mean, Schnellenberger's got boxing gloves on in a ring with a cigar in his mouth to try yeah. to get eyes on Miami Florida state. And I don't think we need that, but I love that. Like, you know, we go to media days now and you got all these coaches just saying all this packaged garbage because they don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. I, I, you know, give me the talking trash. Give me the the outspoken. Like, I, I that's the sport needs a little bit more of that. Well, you look, you watch games on television. All right. There's commercials during football games for a reason. They sell those. It's called mm -hmm. entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, we may think of it as fans as being much more than entertainment. But at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Uh, so, hey, I, I say have fun with it, go with it, make it as entertaining as possible for the fans, especially in 2020 when everybody's gone through so much. Let's have some fun with this football yes. thing. You yes. know, let, let's do something fun and, and, and bring some smiles on the faces across the country uh, because, you know, if, if you look uh, – uh, the number one fan sport in America, hands down, the National Football League is is hands down. The number two sport in America, as far as eyes on television and and everything else, is college football. So open it up, have fun, and, and let's get some entertainment, especially with folks that can't visit family because of COVID issues on Thanksgiving. Let's brighten their days up and and have some fun, man. Quit being the coachiest coach of all coaches like Dabo Sweeney and and have some fun. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, let's and you know what? I hope folks have had fun listening to this. It's a little, little Thanksgiving edition of the podcast, but uh hopefully you're you're celebrating with uh safely 
with yeah. uh, with the folks you love and, and having a wonderful holiday. We still got the, the the parade. We still got the dog show and the football game. So I will uh, I won't be missing any any Thanksgiving traditions. So very much uh, looking forward to enjoying this holiday and hope you all are as well. Yeah, Nick, happy uh, Thanksgiving to you and your family. And and uh, Duke could get actually get to eat a little mashed potatoes and little bitty pieces of turkey this year, oh, right? Man, yeah, he's got he's got a couple chompers. And I'm worried because the wife, the last two days, we've gotten donuts, and he, she's give she's giving him little bites, and his mouth just starts pouring saliva out of it. <laughs> you know that that is a cute age because you introduce foods for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, uh, different foods. You know, like first time he'll have ice cream or something like that. I mean, his his little eyes will just be like, "Whoa, what is this? This is awesome." Well, I can't some, believe my entire life I've missed out on ice oh, cream. And then, and the thing is too, is like, that's going to be a fun one because he's not going to know how to handle the cold. So there's like an instant reaction. We're like, what the hell did you just give me to like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Give me more now. With a ring of slobber about down to his navel on his shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it should be that's a good, good stuff though, man. Yeah, that, that's yeah. good stuff. And we do wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and, you know, I understand there's challenges, but, uh, you know, happy, happy Thanksgiving for real. Thanks for listening this year. Thanks for listening to this show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, uh, of football and food. And, uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. <laughs>